Hey guys, do you like sports? Do you like podcasts? Of course you do. You listen to the Sports Dance Podcast. So go rate us on iTunes. Uh, leave us a good rating and review. Like us on Facebook. Share us on Twitter. Uh, this really helps the show, guys. If you want other people to uh, hear our hot sports takes as well, then you can do these things and really help us out. So again, Sports Dance on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter. Enjoy the show. The Sports Dance. Hey guys, welcome to the Sports Dance Podcast with Greg and James. I'm the second part, and with me as always, he's cutting this podcast short because he's got a little heat on his finger. It's Greg Cowan, everybody. What's happening, baby? I don't even know what that means. It's got, you got a little heat on your finger. Okay, fine. <laughs> Come on, you're not a baseball guy? I thought I, you were a baseball I, guy. I'm a baseball guy. But you know what? I, I just Sometimes it's just... Escapes me. Okay, gotcha. I mean, Greg lives this charmed life, uh, ladies and gentlemen, where he's never had a blister before, never had a little heat on his finger. No. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. There we go. I've, actually, as a pitcher, I did pitch actually when I was a kid. Never oh, got a blister on my hand. Never got a blister. I was a weird then, pitcher huh? though. I was an odd kid. <laughs> Coaches loved me for one reason. Yeah. I was not a fantastic pitcher. No. But I had a trick up my sleeve. I would throw overhand normal, but if I ever got two strikes on a guy and two balls or less. The catcher would give me, like, the four sign. No. I didn't have four pitches. That just meant, hey, Greg, throw a sidearm pitch and see what happens. Oh, I'm So I sure. could drop down, like, the submarine-type pitch. But kids wouldn't expect it, like, the first time out. And usually it was actually pretty accurate. So it would go, like, right down the middle. But they'd be so stunned by the whole change in motion. I'd get okay. Yeah, I'm sure the coaches loved you, Greg, when you completely <laughs> changed your rotation. That's actually why I'm in my high school baseball team. That was, like, the key thing. My coach was like, I like the fact that I can use you and you could throw off a hitter really badly if I need you to. It makes me laugh when I think about uh, high school baseball coaches and just like baseball coaches in general for anyone that's under college. Um, because like, y- you know, they, they're doing their thing. They're out there. They're trying to make it happen. Um, they want to use they want to use strategy. They want to use strategy so bad. This is their one chance to be a manager. I was the strategy. And And these kids are just like, you know. I mean, at, at most, you get a kid that can throw a curveball in, like, upper echelon of high school, and that's pretty much it. I mean, I, my neighbor, who was our star ace pitcher, threw, like, 90-something heat and had a wicked uh, curve and slider. I mean, that's sweet, man. He went to college for baseball, so it made sense. There you go. And that's when that's when his coach could actually use some strategy. Yeah. We also had the kid that made the team with a broken arm that never got to actually try out, so the kids that were fully able to play got cut because <laughs> the kid with the broken arm. Well, that's a little messed up. He wasn't um, even good. That's the worst thing about it. He was horrible. Before we get off the rails again. Yeah, Greg, sorry. Um, and before we talk about blister everything talk, NFL, me. everything college football, everything MLB, all the stuff that's going on in the sports world, uh, I just got to ask you, man, how you doing today? What's going on? I'm doing pretty good, you know, just hanging out, had a nice relaxing weekend. First weekend in a while that I've actually just had nothing to do. Nice. No place to go. Good, so good. It was nice. Those are good weekends. Uh, I'm all alone this week, though, because my wife's at training. Only like ten miles away from our house, but the place won't. The training won't allow you to leave at night. Ah, oh, that's annoying. So it's a little weird. Uh, so you know, I'm all by myself. Uh, so I've just been watching like Captain America movies and doing basically whatever I want. Very nice. Not really taking care of myself. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> like the the uh, the go to, right? Yeah. Like when when the mice no, what's it? When the cat's away, the mice come out to play. Yeah. So I watch superhero movies because she doesn't like to. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> it's like it's like the easiest thing to do. Cool, man. Sounds good. What about you, though, James? What have you been up to? Ah, uh, not much. Do you have any uh, fun weekend things happen? I watched a lot of football, man. That was pretty much it. Um, no, I saw I you can't... went to a party. Oh, I went to a party. That yeah. you said you knew nobody at. <laughs> yeah. No Is need that to actually get... true? No, it's... I knew some people. Oh, okay. I was, you know. I was going to come and rescue you. I'm just, uh, I'm just a snapping fiend, a little Snapchat fiend. You are. Um, I, I like them. They're usually pretty good. The Garoppolo with the laser eyes I like. Thank you. Yeah, I do pride myself on, on a solid Snapchat every once in a while. You've got the humor going for it, I'll tell you that. I <laughs> appreciate that. No problem. Nothing special going on. Tonight uh, is episode two of Atlanta, which is the show that I'm watching currently. I still have to watch the first one. I really to. good. Really, really good. So I'm excited about that. Outside of that, I don't really have a lot going on in my life, Greg. You know what we do have going on, though? Yeah. We're going golfing this weekend. We're going golfing, baby. I haven't been golfing all summer. Uh, i one and a half times. I'm excited because I golf, uh, you know, unlike anyone else that you probably golf with, in the sense that 
you know, you probably golf with people who have played before and, you know, have done like 18 holes, like, right, like consistently. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah, my, I kind my of My sister-in-law's just, husband's pretty consistent. Whereas I kind of just like bring my, bring my practice clubs, my dad's old practice clubs. That's fine. Um, they don't even have a stand when you hold up the, uh, like <laughs> for the, for Fantastic. the bag. Yeah. Yeah. So they gotta, we got carts. You got, you got carts. So I'm kind of like a, uh, let's hit a few in the woods just for warmups. That's fine. And then, and then see what's going on. All I know about this place is they had one rule. Yeah. Uh, no, two, two main rules. Okay. Basically don't wear jeans and you have yeah. to have a collared shirt on. Yeah. That's standard. So that's like standard, like that's khaki par- shorts, collared shirts. Hey, Greg, that's par for the course. Oh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. The second rule, though, is my favorite, and I can't wait to be, like, halfway on the course and break it. No backwards hats. Oh, my God. Hats have to be facing forward. Come on. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to turn around and do a happy Gilmore. Hey, hey, golf course, it's 2016, okay? I'm Don't tell sure me which like way a, I can wear my hat. pretty sure it's, like, a private golf club that, like, was just like, hey, let's open up some time for the people in the public, and they don't even know what's going to hit them. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm thinking a little, little fireball, a little stogies. You bring whatever you got to. I'm, I'm driving, so, you know, you, you can have some fun in the back. Works for me. Um, cool, man. So let's get into it. We got a lot to talk about this week. Uh, lot, we have a yeah. recap of, of the NFL. We got a recap of college football. We got some picks. We got some guest picks. Yeah. Uh, other, we're doing a little inter-podcast mingling. I love it. Um, it's nice. It's nice to get ourselves out there. So uh, we have a couple of things we want to do here. We can go over some of the big overarching themes of the football first football week one. Um, what I want to do, Greg, is I don't think that we're an actual sports show until we do a silly, not really all that catchy, but at the same time catchy sounding segment that is basically designed for us to bullshit. That's that's kind of actually true, I think. Yeah. So in we're order not to, legit yet. We actually haven't been certified. I know. And start bench cut is a good one. You know, that's a good segment. But this we throw is pepper in once in a while. Pepper in every once in a while. This is football season, and we're a sports show, Greg. So I decided um, I took it upon myself. Had a little production meeting while I was on my run the other day. Um, it's amazing <laughs> how many of you go on that. It's really impressive, actually. <laughs> it's wild. Especially, you know, John taking notes down while you talk. It's pretty unbelievable. Um, and I decided to introduce uh, a couple new segments in. So the first one that we're going to do is most impressed, least impressed. Right? Yeah. Yeah, let's see how impressed I am with yeah. this whole segment. Oh, yeah, this is good. <laughs> no, 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 trust me, this is good. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to go over the most impressed, least impressed is the player, unit, team, coach, whatever that most impressed you. And then, uh, subsequently, Greg. The one that least impressed me? The one that least impressed you. So, you know, uh, I'm going to let you go first, though. I want to see how it's done for most impressed. You got it. Also, Kaza, I want to see who you pick to see if I need to change my answer. You got it. So, uh, there's a lot of people that you can pick for most impressed. Uh, week one is a great week for instant reactions, first impressions. Guys you've never heard of just saying, wow, they're amazing. Exactly. Now, Greg, it, it takes all of me right now not to pick... Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo on the Patriots. And I really should pick Jimmy Garoppolo on the Patriots. I mean, you can. How do you, Nobody's gonna... how do you go into the University of Phoenix Stadium? I'm not going to knock you if you do. And hold the Arizona Cardinals, one of the most potent offenses in the entire league, uh, to just a simple 21 points. You know right now it sounds um, like you're picking Jimmy Garoppolo on the Patriots. How do you come in, you know, having never played a full NFL game, and, and you know, come in as Jimmy Garoppolo and, and play against one of the best defenses in the entire league and just – Tear them apart, you know, and convert third down after third down and, and make plays and extend plays and hit wide open receivers. I mean, it's tough to be not most impressed by But, but you're not picking Patriots. them? And I, I don't want to pick them, though, because I want to be a homer, um, you know, here saying that Jimmy Garoppolo and the Patriots are the most impressive team on the field. Um, so okay. instead of doing that, I'm going to actually pick Jameis Winston. Uh, for the Buccaneers, uh, he had a great game, man. He threw four touchdowns against the Falcons, and they weren't even just like, uh, you know, your run-of-the-mill touchdowns. I mean, they were bombs. No, yeah, he had some nice arc going on some of those passes. Yeah, you could really see uh, how special this guy's going to be, and that's exciting because, you know, you get picked first overall. Um, you know, people are kind of expecting a lot from you, and then you have your rookie season, and you can only do so much in your rookie season, you know what I mean? Like, he showed glimpses of what he could yeah, be. he had star potential. Yeah, shown. but he, he le- really looks like he spent the offseason uh, conditioning. And he, it, it came out, you know, him to Mike Evans, 
it's going to be a fun, fun, uh, you know, duo right there. Winston to Evans. Yeah, uh, people that do daily fantasy should be looking their chops at that. So I like this. I like, I like Jameis Winston is most impressive to me. Uh, came out, slung the ball around. Uh, ha- I feel kind of he's like a little farvish in a way where he'll like definitely take a bunch of shots downfield. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's still going to rack up a few interceptions. I mean, the first one that he threw, I think, was an, he think he threw an interception before we threw his touchdown passes. Um, and, but it's, it's an interesting, 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 uh, time to be a Bucks fan. Yeah, no, he's definitely, that team's definitely offensively talented. Yeah. They're going to be fun to watch this year. Winston, I think is a really good pick. Uh, I was very impressed by watching him, the highlights that I see. Cause you know, I just have basic cable, so I only get two games. Right. I don't get to watch any of the other fun ones. So but who are you most impressed by? Greg? My most impressed pick of a coach unit player, whatever. I'm going to go with Big Balls Jack Del Rio. Jack Del Rio. Of the Oakland Raiders. I love this. Mainly just because what sealed it for me was the tweet after the game. So if you don't know by now, Raiders down 34-33. 40 seconds left. They score a touchdown, you know, to make it that. Jack Del Rio has the choice. Do I go for the tie? Do I go for the win? Guess what Jack did? You play to win the game, baby. You play to win the game. Jack Del Rio went for the two-point conversion. They connect it. Car to Crabtree on a nice little, like, fade back shoulder pass. It's great to see. Come back. Oakland cements itself as, you know, a team that is not something, you know, to take lightly this year. They could put up the points. Their defense went against a hard offense and still didn't hold them in check. So, you know, it's going to be a little – that's why they're not my most impressive. But, you know, Jack Dorio decided, you know what, even though it's week one, let's take the risk. Go big. Go home. They did it. And what made it even better was the tweet afterwards where he saw the ESPN stats and info tweet that said if they went for it, if they went for the extra point, they had a 51% chance of winning in overtime, which yeah. I would like to know how that was figured out. Yeah, I have no Especially idea. Especially on the road, you know, high-scoring game. And if they went for two, they only had a 44% chance of winning. And Jack Del Rio just simply tweeted out, well, I'm glad ESPN isn't coaching the Raiders. And that's just like that just was like brass balls on top of everything, just being like, <laughs> Not only did you make a ballsy call on the field, but then you came off and shoved him down ESPN stats and info throat. I like that. Fantastic. Uh, uh, that's a good pick. And I'm proud of you for not going Homer. You really easily could have gone Carson Wentz. I in almost that went on a whole tangent about it, just saying how I'm not going to pick him. <laughs> not going to pick the ginger kid that, you know, went for 270 something, two touchdowns, looked fantastic yeah. in his rookie debut, mainly because it was against the Browns' defense. Yeah, so. there you go. Um, cool. All right, we're going to go least impressed, Greg. Who was your least impressed? So I'll start here. Um, least impressed for me, uh, I'm going to go the Seattle Seahawks uh, as a team. Uh, and if you want to go specific, I'm going to go Russell Wilson. Uh, here's a little thing, Greg. A little, a, a little tidbit for you, a little advice. Uh, the Dolphins stink. Oh, I get advice. Okay? The Dolphins stink. Yes, they have a good front four uh, and a good pass rush. And I think that that's, you know – gonna be the one thing the one their one saving grace uh, out of the entire thing but the dolphin but the seahawks were supposed to come in there um or they were at home actually the seahawks were at home they still managed to sneak away with a 12 to 10 victory but i want like i the people are expecting still big things out of the seattle seahawks and if you can only sneak away with a two-point win uh over the dolphins i think you're in trouble uh they've got no running game and that was a real glaring weakness uh, without Marshawn Lynch. They've got absolutely no running game. Um, you know, Christine Michaels and Thomas Rawls, um, both were under four yards a carry pretty substantially. Did you hear the whispers, James? What? Marshawn may come back. Yeah, yeah, we'll he's, see what that He's happens. not coming back. Um, so there was a couple big candidates for least impressed, but I'm going to go um, with the Seattle Seahawks just because of the expectations. Expectations versus outcome. I think that the uh, Seahawks disappointed me a little bit. I like bit. how you went as the Seahawks as a whole team. As a whole team. Not just like partly like it – prob- It's not like their defense played well. No, I'm just going Seahawks as a whole. Actually, no. You know what? I'll, I'll boil it down. I'm going to talk about the Seahawks run game. Yeah, okay. The Seahawks run game was Seahawks really game was pretty non-impressive. Bad. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm going to do what you did. I'm going to keep it out west. Mm-hmm. And all the games this weekend, James, did you know there was only one game that had a shutout? <laughs> uh, I did know that. <laughs> so, yeah. One game, shutout. Do you know who that team was that got shut out? That was uh, that was the NFL's new darlings. That was the NFL's new darlings, coached by one of the you know the greatest 500 coaches ever, Jeff Fisher, and the LA Rams. 
And I'm not going to even look at the Rams as a whole. I'm looking at the Rams' defense. I'm not even going to care about their offense. Casey Keenum, I don't expect them to score points. They have Todd Gurley. At least give me something, Todd, for fantasy. Yeah. Don't make me that sad. But I'm going to go with their defense, mainly because this defense is supposed to have, like, the best front seven. Mm. They're like Aaron Donald. Yeah, Aaron Donald getting ejected. Yeah. Just kind of was the icing on the cake of that game. This team, though, is supposed to be the team that defensively is what keeps them in the games. They were going against a cake opponent, according to everybody. Not not just me, because I like cake. But everybody (laughs) said 49ers couldn't start off any better for the L.A. Rams. Yeah. Well, I guess they could have because 28-0, Niners looked dominant over them, which I don't want to say, especially when you're going against a Chip Kelly defense, because that defense isn't supposed to be shutout dominant. It's just supposed to be like, hey, we score 28 points, you score like 27 points, and yeah. that's how it goes. No, but this defense couldn't even like keep it close, couldn't prevent Gabbert, Blaine Gabbert, from scoring four touchdowns. Against them and driving the offense down the field, yeah, ridiculous. Shouldn't even like you know Jared Goff didn't even dress, so that's just like a whole another thing, right? But I'm, gonna, think- I'm singling out the Rams defense just because force some turnovers, give your offense a chance to get a field goal at least, so it doesn't look that sad. You could talk me into least impressed by this entire game. I think that like you could like if you wanted to say this entire From game National is least impressive, yeah, exactly. With Chris Berman. Um, you know, Case Keenum out there slinging the ball around. He had like under five yards per attempt. I think he had um, under five yards passing. The guy looked awful. And Blaine Gabbert, your winning performer, had 22 completed passes for 170 yards. Ooh. Like there's no, there's nothing in but this you game. You know, the run game good. looked good. Yeah, that's really what Chip Kelly brings to your Maybe. team. He brings I mean, in an offensive run game. Carlos Hyde had 88 yards on 23 carries. I understand that. Uh, um, now, now I'm trying to do math. I, I downloaded iOS 10, Greg, and my so I stick with droids. My calculator is not where I want. Stick it with to droids be. for a reason. Um, so did your headphone see. jack disappear? By the way, not yet. No, no? Not, not, that's the new iPhone, my friend. I just thought update and it automatically took it away. Carlos Hyde had two touchdowns, but he only had he had less than four yards of carry. Yeah, whatever. I mean, this is what I'm saying. This is like a, singling out the Rams defense, James. Least impressed. Plain and simple. Fair enough. All right, um, that was most impressed, least impressed. I like that. I liked it too. Good. Um, it felt good. Now, I have another idea for you about another segment that's almost identical, Greg. It is, but we're going to not make it identical. We're going to try to switch it up a little bit. Um, I have jury duty coming up in a week from today. Uh, week from yesterday. so much why you came up with this idea now. Uh, a week from today, I have jury duty. Uh, I've been on a jury before. Have you ever been on a jury? jury, jury I haven't. I've gotten jury duty once in my life, and it yeah. was when I was in New Jersey, and yeah. it got canceled because it was a holiday. Oh, gotcha. So, and since I've been in Massachusetts, never, never even gotten close. Really? Yeah. I was on a 10-day jury one time, and I'll tell you the story in a different podcast. Um <laughs> <laughs> called how to get away with murder it actually i'm not even kidding it was it was involving murder sorry abc for the rights but we're taking them yeah this jury was involving murder i wasn't on a murder trial but it was I mean, it was murder adjacent <laughs> um, people on the jury were being threatened with murder <laughs> not quite that but um so in honor of hey, my we're jur- wrapping it back all the way to the first podcast <laughs> yeah murder cast murder cast that's for you dan jewett uh in honor of my jury duty. Uh, I came up with another segment that, again, sounds like it's ripped directly from ESPN's 11 o'clock Sports Center. I like and that's uh, Jerry's in, Jerry's out. So, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at, you know, players, units, coaches um, that at the beginning like of the season no. had certain expectations. Uh, and we're going to see, you know, if we can cement those expectations. Jerry's in. Or see if we need a little bit more time to kind of evaluate. Yeah, we're going to pick like one for each and debate it kind of. Yes, yeah, I agree. Except um, we'll probably agree on half of them. So jury's in. Um, one of the things that I think that the jury is in on, um, let me just take a peek down the line here. I have a perfect one just so you know. All right, how, let's throw it out there. RG3 is made of peanut brittle. <laughs> jury's in. Jury's in. I think that we can stop giving RG3... Second, third, fourth chances. I think RG3 needs to be like, hey, when I'm running out of bounds, maybe I don't try to truck stick a defender. 
yeah. and break my clavicle. It's frustrating. I read an article about uh, how great his rookie season was. He won, he won. People sometimes forget that he won Offensive Rookie of the Year over Andrew Luck. Yeah, he was really impressive. People were like, this is a star being born. Yeah. And then sophomore year came. Um, so I think that's kind of a bummer, man. I mean, the, the, the RG3 era in, in Cleveland is kind of over before it began. They're now turning to uh, Josh, Josh McCown. McCown. Yeah. yeah. Which is which is rough. It is. You, you hate to see that. Uh, yeah, RG three made it to the fourth quarter. Yeah, but like RG three fashion, he tried to overextend himself, and they were already down by like nineteen at that point to the best team in football right now, the Eagles. Um, just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Jury's in. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well then. But yeah, I mean, he's just doing things he shouldn't be doing at that point. Just get out of bounds. Don't try to be like, oh, I'm going to truck this, stick this guy. He went down with a limp shoulder, and all of a sudden they were like, yeah, he's out for like 10 weeks. Yeah, on the injured reserve list right now. Um, I think that if you ever had any you know, hope that RG3 would figure it out, this game should probably finally cement it for you. Yeah. He, uh, he basically, <laughs> like, he's basically Derrick Rose, except instead of MVP and a massive contract, he just won Rookie of the Year and sucked ever since then. Yeah, instead of coming back and having a few decent games, he comes back for three quarters. Yeah, I'll do Jerry's in on that. Jerry's in on RG3. Can't, can't, we should never Made be a, a quarterback again. Yeah. Um, Jerry's out. There's a few. I mean, since it's week one, that's a little bit more. There's a little bit more to choose from for Jerry's out. I'm going to say Jerry's out on the Vikings for me. The Vikings had a, uh, a pretty convincing 25 uh, to 16 win. Except it was over the Titans. <laughs> uh, so they were scoreless in the first half, the Vikings. Uh, and down by 10 going into halftime. And then their defense really did step up. Um, yeah, it's just their defense. Exactly. So, the, so every, you know, everyone always has said, you know, since the preseason, that the, jur- uh, that, uh, the Vikings defense are going to be the ones that carry them. Um, literally mean that, though. Yeah, and they literally mean that. But if you're going to put up, if you're expecting, you know, the Vikings to put up you know, big-time points uh, and their defensive score big-time points. With Sam Bradford at the helm. You're not, you're not playing the Tennessee Titans every single week. You know what I mean? So, uh, like, for example, next week, they're playing the Packers. So, I, I think the jury's still ha- out on the Vikings here. I, I like the fact that they, they, you know, beat up on a team that is, you know, objectively inferior to them. But jury's still out for me on the Packers. Did you, I mean, on the Vikings. Did you have any other uh, juries out? Uh, no, I actually like that one, uh, mainly because, if you don't know, the Vikings actually offensively haven't scored a touchdown, I want to say, in like the past six or seven quarters that they've played. It's something ridiculous like that. It's not that. good. Their defense, though, has scored three touchdowns for them in that span, which is like the only reason they've won games. Yeah. So the only reason they had a chance last year was the Blair Walsh kick, right? I believe. Um, yes. I think so, yeah. Playoff kick. I would, missed. I would also, um, you That's know, like their most offense they had, though. That missed field goal was their most offensive points. I know that, uh, I know that I'm, you know, I've got some skin in, the, in skin in the game here, too. But I'd also say the jury's still out on Dak Prescott. Uh, he didn't have a bad game. No, he looked pretty good, except he's got to find Dez way more. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, I don't... It looks like he could potentially be good. He looks like he could potentially be bad. I think that I would also, you know, Dak Prescott is a jury's out kind of kind of candidate. Right yeah, no, there. I'll give the jury's out on him. And my voice just did like some weird squeak thing there. Yeah, that was odd. Uh, it's that it's that time of the jury. The jury's life. out. So there we go. Uh, yeah, there we go. Um, cool, man. Um, so jury's out, jury's in. I like that one too. I like it. I think that's a good thing to do. I think we could always come up with like two or three for each and just kind of debate if yeah. the jury's in, jury's out on them. Um, cool. Good, so, good job, James. Hey, thanks, Greg. I like it. Way to, uh, way to be creative. Finally adding some value to this stupid podcast. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, all right, do you want to go over the picks that we made last week and see where we stand? Um, well, I, I can tell you right now. You? Yeah, I mean, I look fantastic. I look like a, I look like a genius. You do not look like a genius. Genius, I think, it's is the correct one. word. You don't look like a genius. Week one genius, James. Jerry's in. Genius. <laughs> oh my I'm going to use it against you now. Don't you dare do that. Uh, yeah, so we can go over our picks for last week. So, just to give an idea of how well and how bad we did, uh, my picks went four and one. Yep. Greg James went, went one and four because he decided to go against me and everything. Uh, yeah. And guest pick of the week, Cousin George, went one and one. Exactly. So, the uh, George had the Panthers beating the Broncos, which Didn't obviously happen. the Broncos won. 
George and I both had the Patriots winning over the Cardinals, uh, which which happened. Your lone wins. And Greg, uh, you know, chose the Cardinals, and then I lost every other one, which was uh, Antonio you know, you picked, Brown you picked Eagles over destroying Browns. the Redskins. Yep, you picked Eagles over Browns. You picked Bengals over Jets. Giants over uh, Cowboys. You picked Giants over Cowboys, and you picked Steelers over Redskins. I was the away teams this week. Yeah, and hey, good on you, man. So Except for the Pats. <laughs> four and one. That uh, You didn't want to talk about any of these games? Anything that sticks out to you? Uh, I think some of the biggest things outside of, you know, the, just the impressive, again, of Carson Wentz and how amazing he is. Uh, I'm going to say the most impressive game was the Steelers-Redskins just showing the Steelers' offense. Hasn't missed a beat between Roethlisberger and Brown in the offseason. Yo, they're good at football. Yeah, a little bit, a <laughs> little bit. And they don't even have two of their better offensive weapons still. They have Roethlisberger and Brown, but Bell is not coming back for another two weeks. And Williams filled in again quite nicely for him with two touchdowns. And then you also have, uh, it's not Wheaton, uh, Bryant. Is that the guy's last name? For who? For the Steelers, the wide receiver that keeps getting suspended for drugs. Oh, yeah, Martavius Bryant? Yeah. Yeah. So you don't even have him, and he's like their clear number two wide receiver. Yeah, they've got a very good receiving core. If he's so, but just Antonio Brown, the thing that bothered me the most is these cornerbacks and defenses that just don't – they don't follow the best guy. And I know it's like the team's game strategy, but Josh Norman, you're going to pay the big bucks. Basically, it's all in the field. Switch. They're not going to – they can't – they're not going to call a timeout every single time you do it. Yeah. Cover the best guy. Get on him. Be like, listen, play it simple. I hate the side shit. Just, yeah, just drives me nuts. cover the best dude. But Antonio and that was Brown, the same, that was the same thing that happened in the Patriots game, which I never understood. You have Patrick Peterson on one side, and then we just constantly threw against the rookie that they had on the yeah. other side for the Cardinals. Seahawks do the same thing with Sherman; they keep him on one side. Yeah, um, I don't get it. I also want to just highlight. I know that I, I spoke about the Patriots quickly, but and I don't want to go full homer on you here. Okay, I know that you're rolling like your you eyes said at quickly. me quickly. But I just want to like highlight, you know, everyone's going to be talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. I really think that the Patriots' defense in this game plan was excellent. It was. Um, I think Matt Patricia, you know, if he ever ends up leaving the Patriots, I'm going to probably cry a little bit. But he has some pretty excellent game plans. Every single person who's ever watched a Belichick defense knows that your main concern is to take away the thing that you do best. What the Cardinals do best is throw deep balls. Yep. Okay, they've got, the, they've got Floyd. They've got Brown. Um, Brown, and then they've got Larry Fitzgerald. Fitz. And they're going to throw deep balls. And the Patriots are willing to concede those little slant routes and those little like eight-yard outs every once in a while because they don't want to give up the deep ball, and they didn't give up a deep pass the entire game pretty much. Like They gave up some yards after the catch, but there's really very little deep balls. No, they didn't do done. many deep balls. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, though, i got to give him credit. 100 career touchdown catches. That's awesome. That's amazing. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he's definitely he's coming back at least for one more year. And reports came out like right after the game saying it's his last season. Oh, really? And he quickly came out being like, no. I'm signed through 2017, so uh, I don't know where you're getting that. But so Okay, so I like that game plan from the Patriots. Yeah. I think that this is going to be one of the best defenses that Belichick's had in a long time. Can we, t- can we call uh, Patricia the Rocket Man? Rocket man? Why do you, would you, call do you know he has a man? degree in like rocket science? Oh yeah, I actually did. Know I heard that. them say that on the game, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, they, I learned that last. You have a year, rocket scientist really cool. as your defensive coordinator? That's bullshit. <laughs> um, I really like that. Nobody that smart should be on the sidelines. It shouldn't be allowed. I think that everyone, uh, everyone else in the AFC right now should be a little scared of their linebacking situation, their linebacker situation. You have Dante, uh, Dante Hightower and Jamie Collins who can pass rush. And they can defend. Yeah, their like the linebacker core is pretty good. And then their uh, their, it's front... their defensive line that I'm worried about. Are you worried about them? No, they had they had pressure on uh, Palmer. No, all I know, game. but just in general, it's one of those. I think maybe first week, maybe amped up. I, I think know, they man. might come back down to earth a little bit. I don't. They don't have any true like. Sheard, dominant force. Sheard and Long both look really good. No, they look go- uh, They look good. Yeah, but Long's one of those guys that injury wise, you're just kind of waiting. Yeah, uh, Ninkovich, we got when he comes back, then that line will actually I think be a little more solid. Yeah, we'll see what it's happens. It's just one of those things that it's that's the only aspect of the game that I'm not sold on 100 percent yet. Yeah, um, one of the least impressive games that I think I saw this weekend was Bengals Jets. I was just not impressed by either of those teams. I was gonna say Bills Ravens. Bills Ravens was bad. I didn't actually watch that boring. game to be honest with you because. Yeah, the Ravens are supposed to be like semi. They're supposed to like come back to respectability this year. I think the Ravens stink. Uh, Ravens stink, I think, overall outside of, like, their wide receiving core actually is, like, sneaky, underratedly good. Well, because they finally have, like, a like they a quarterback Steve, to pair with Mike Wallace. Well, they have Steve Smith. 
back. Mike Wallace had one good year with Wallace. the Steelers because he had because he had been Big Ben. Yeah. Then went to the Dolphins, was getting thrown to by Tannehill, who stinks. Exactly. Went to the Vikings, had Bridgewater, who, who can't stinks. throw deep balls. And now you've got Flacco all of a sudden. He's like, wait a minute, Mike Wallace is actually pretty good if you get a quarterback around. And Mike Wallace is like, is my quarterback elite? <laughs> Maybe. Is he elite? Um, cool. All right, let's get into the games this week, man. I'm going to come back. Big, big comeback for James this week, ladies and gentlemen. Or not. We have five games that we're going to pick. Um, starting uh, with Thursday, we have Jets versus Bills. Uh, right now, this is the clash of the bottom of the AFC East. Um, I think I picked this game for us to pick because whoever loses this game, uh, is it a, I, I think this is... This is as close to a must-win game as you could possibly get in Week 2. Yeah. It's a divisional game. You both have lost. The Jets probably should have won. The Bengals, uh, excuse me, the Bills had a chance to win. Um, so I really think that, you sh- that they should have won this game. It's in Buffalo. The line is even. Neither team is favorite here, uh, Greg. So who are you getting? Jets, Bills. Well, first off, i got to say props to the NFL for, you know, making sure people aren't going to be colorblind. This year. So, you know, they introduced the color rush jerseys yesterday. Uh, Bills and Jets, if you don't remember last year, had bright green and red jerseys. And if you were colorblind, you didn't know who the hell was on what side of the ball. I love that. It was great. So they made sure this year that that won't be an issue. So, you know, first props to them. Uh, My pick's going to be the Jets, mainly because they still looked pretty good against the Bengals. Bengals are one of those teams that everybody predicts is going to be top two, top three in the AFC. Bills aren't. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, the Bills also lost a little bit of their mojo because both Ryan brothers now have no lap bands. No lap bands. Uh, Rex got his out because, you know, Rob couldn't handle his. Yeah. So Rex has put on 30 pounds in like a month. So that's great. <laughs> but I think I lost some of his mojo, some of that skinny mojo that he had going. Yeah. So I'm going to go Jets. Fitzpatrick uh, have a decent game. It's because it's what Fitzpatrick does. Matt Forte still looks pretty good. He can still catch out of the backfield. They also get Sheldon Richardson back this week. It's another piece on their defense. Their defense actually is very good. So, you know, going against a not-so-great offense, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's going to hold them, again, to like what the Ravens did, a touchdown, maybe 10, 13 points at most. Yeah. Jets are going to win at least, put up 20, I think, because that offense is good enough that it should not be held to underneath that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, Jet, the Jets should comfortably win this game, I think. I'm not really sure why this line is even. Um, just for the sake of argument and because I like being contrarian, I'm taking the Bills. <laughs> um, you just don't want to win. I, I do want to win. No, I think that the Bills, the Bills always show up at home in the first five weeks of the season. This is what the Bills do. I'm an, uh, I'm an AFC East historian, Greg. I've been watching this stuff you know, for years now, and I understand that you are in some respects too, but you're an NFC East guy. I'm an AFC East guy, and I know that the Bills show up at home in the first few weeks of the season. That's the best chance for the Bills to catch the Patriots. It's that first, like, five weeks of the season, Ralph Wilson Stadium is rocking, Bills Mafia out in full force, and they make things happen. And that's when the Patriots always struggle against the Bills. Now, I think that the same thing is going to happen here against the Jets. I think that Rex Ryan's going to be out for blood. He loves going against former teams and AFC East rivals. Um, the only thing that gives me, uh, gives me worry a little bit is, uh, I think that the Jets defense is going to terrorize Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be kind of ugly. I think it's going to be like a murder scene. Um, but I think that they've got, they're wearing red jerseys. They've got enough. They have enough playmakers though. And Thursday night games are wonky. They've got, they a, are, so they've weird. got enough playmakers there where Sammy Watkins makes like two big plays and all of a sudden the bills win like yeah, 17 be back to in the 13. Field for that, so. You know what I mean? Picking um, Bills 17-13. All right. Next one that we have up, um, Sunday, 1 p.m., uh, we're going to uh, pick against Bengals-Steelers. Big divisional games this week, Ooh. Greg. I like this one a lot. This is probably going to be the best game of the, uh, the first opening, the opening game. So Bengals-Steelers. Um, Steelers at home are favored by three and a half. Um, usually you get about three points for a home field advantage. Yeah. So... Are the, are the Steelers only a half point better than the Bengals? Uh, what do you think here, Greg? Who, um, who's taking it? I'm going to go with the Steelers. Yeah. I know they're home, so, you know, that helps out. One, your first home game of the year. You just had a big win Monday night, so that's always, you know, going to lift you up. Uh, just in general, it's going to be a scrappy game. Always is between these two. The defenses are going to be out for blood, like uh, Jets are with the Bills. But just in general, these two do not like each other. No. We saw last year all the scuffles that happened on the field. I expect plenty more. But in the end, 
a healthy Antonio Brown, Big Ben's healthy at the beginning of the season. I just think that's going to be too much. Dalton and Green's a great connection. They had a great week one. But overall, I think Steelers are going to come out. It's going to be low scoring, though, I feel like. I feel like it's going to be like a 13-10 type game. I feel like those games are always very low score. Defenses really step it up. So I'm going to go Steelers 13, Bengals 10. One touchdown. It's going to be a nice deep pass to A.B. in like the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to pick the Steelers in this one. It's our first agree, uh, agreement of the entire segment of doing this. Feels good. The only thing that gives me pause here is who's going who's gonna to stop A.J. Green? That's the only thing that kind of gives me pause. Like, it's going to be there, a safety over the top type situation. The if, Jets didn't do it. Uh, Bengals or Steelers are going to learn from that. I mean, I understand that Darrell Revis is old, but A.J. Green torched that guy. So what, what, is, what is stopping the Steelers? Or are we stopping A.J. Green from doing that same thing to the Steelers? I probably will, and I think that's where they get that at least one touchdown yeah. from. Yeah. I mean, they don't have a great run game right now, the Bengals. Or at least I didn't, it didn't show one. Um, so I, I am going to pick the Steelers. I think that the Steelers are the better team. I think the Steelers should win comfortably. But uh, any, the thing that would give me pause is A.J. Green. I mean, that guy's just a force of nature. Yep. Uh, next one that we're going to pick, still in the 1 p.m. slot, is Cowboys-Redskins. Uh, another game in, uh, in Washington. Washington's favored by 2.5. Another divisional game. Another uh, oh, Both teams 0-1. You know, again, closest thing to a must-win game you could possibly get in Week 2. Yeah. Especially because the NFC East does not seem all that wide open right now. Um, so, between Cowboys and Redskins, who do you have, Greg? I'm going to go with... It, it pains me either way of whoever I pick. Yeah, really. Uh, I'm going to go with Dak Attack. You know, Dak. I tried to do like the little high pitch like he did last week. Nice, yeah. Uh, but mainly just because Cowboys actually, I think, are the better team right now. Redskins, I never have that much faith in, faith in them. Kirk Cousins didn't look that great last week. Defensively, they did not look fantastic. They looked a little jumbled. Um, so I think Dak and Dez figured it out this week. Get a few more passes going to each other. I know my wife hopes that for fantasy because she got super angry at me for some reason that Dez Bryant <laughs> had one catch, and I'm like, I didn't pick him. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Cowboys, Jerry Jones will get a smile on his face at least for one week. That's about it. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna give score wise. It's probably gonna be at least a decent scoring game because defensively, I don't think either is gonna be fantastic. It's gonna be probably similar to like the Cowboys Giants game, uh, probably like 27-24, yeah. uh, 28-21, something like that. I picked both these teams last week, and both were pretty underwhelming. Um, so I'm not exactly sure who to pick. I mean, the Cowboys lost to the Giants in Dallas, and the Redskins lost to the Steelers in Washington. Um, so it's tough to really pick here. I think that uh, I have to go Washington here, um, specifically because it's ex- inexperienced quarterback and inexperienced running back on the road um, in a big-time divisional game. That's, that's tough. That's a tough environment to go into. Um, I, I don't want to like put too much emphasis on home and, and versus away and all that kind of good stuff, but the Washington crowd is going to be pumped up. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the skins here. I think that Kirk Cousins, you know, he, he had a bad game last week. I'd like to see him, uh, you know, he might, you know, get back towards kind of his average. One touchdown at least a game. Yeah, I think that it, it, I would be hard-pressed to see two straight games where Kirk Cousins lays an egg, especially two games at home. Yeah, I'd be very shocked to see that, especially since he averaged one touchdown at least every game last year. So I'm going red skins on this one over Cowboys. Um all right, cool. Next game, uh, I think we're going to get into the 4 o'clock slot. about time? Uh, Buccaneers versus Cardinals. This is a fun game. I really like this one. Uh, again, we're, at, we're in Phoenix. Um, Jameis looked good last week. Cardinals lost to the Patriots. Greg, the Cardinals are favored by a touchdown. Seven points um, in this game. I think that line is very high. It's a high, whether, it's a high line. Whether or not you're going to pick the Buccaneers or not, that's a high line. Yeah. It's, defi- it's definitely up there. My pick, though, is going to be the Cardinals. Yeah. I mean, these are guys that are favored to win the Super Bowl. They played a tough game against the Patriots week one. Very tough opponent. I will give you that, James. Don't give Patriots many compliments, so take them when I say them. Yeah. Uh, but I think Carson Palmer, the passing game gets it going. We already saw him and Larry kind of are already pretty good. It's just getting Floyd and Brown a little more involved. 
Johnson even was decent run game. Their defense just has to step up a little bit more. The defense looked sloppy Sunday night. Yeah, they did. It didn't look great. Chandler Jones was about the best you could be for that defense. Uh, their secondary needs to pick it up a bit, though. Uh, that rookie needs some help in some way. I don't know if you bring a safety over the top. You know, have a linebacker kind of like spy on short routes. Whatever you got to do. But I'm going to go Cardinals. It just seems like it's going to be more experience. Better overall team in general than the Bucks. Jameis will still look good, but I think he throws at least one or two picks, and that's kind of what the difference is. Yeah, I um, I'm trying to figure out why I would pick the Bucks here. Um, I think I I watched that uh, rookie cornerback for uh, for the Cardinals get torched by Jimmy Garoppolo and Steve Hogan, so I can only imagine what Mike Evans and Jameis Winston could do to it, or even Jackson. Yeah, um, Winston. Exactly. It's it's tough, though, because I don't think the Buccaneers' defense is nearly good enough to do kind of the things that the Patriots' defense did last week. Um, and the one thing that the Patriots are good at is those quick-release quick, quick release throws, um, which is, you know, the, I think probably the weakness that the Cardinals the have. bread and butter. Whereas the Buccaneers are kind of take a little bit longer for the play to develop, a little bit uh, deeper throws. Bigger receivers. Um, plus, Jameis takes a little bit longer to make reads. So I'm probably going to take the Cardinals here as well. I can't see them losing two games at home to start the season, especially not to two inexperienced quarterbacks. I think Bruce Arians writes the ship, and the Cardinals take this thing at home. But I really am intrigued here uh, by some of the numbers that Jameis could put up against uh, you know, some of these more inexperienced DBs in Arizona. All right, and the last one that we want to pick is the Sunday night game. Uh, a good one, Greg. Good one. Yeah, Another divisional be, uh... game. I love these weak. I love these week two divisional games. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, Packers, Vikings, Packers going on the road into Minneapolis. Uh, Brand new stadium. Both teams 1-0, brand new stadium. Green Bay favored by two and a half points here uh, against the Vikings. Greg, who do you think pulls it out? Do you think Aaron Rodgers comes in and does Aaron Rodgers things all over Minnesota? Or do you think that the Vikings purple people leaders defense is going to come out on top? My, my heart wants to say Rodgers, but my mind's telling me go with the Purple People Leaders. Wow. Mainly because brand new stadium. I feel like it's it's kind of like it's one of those flipping like a coin type picks. I think Bradford is the starter this week for the Vikings. Not that that should make any difference because he's horrible. And they'll find that out. And thanks for the first rounder again. But in general, I think they're going to be too amped up. That defense is going to be playing out of their minds going against the Packers especially. Uh, Packers offensively weren't actually that impressive on Sunday against Jacksonville. The key difference in that game was Aaron Rodgers making that ridiculous throw to Adams while getting pulled down by Jalen Ramsey. Mm. But Eddie Lacy, again, did nothing. Jordy Nelson had like a three-play drive where he had three catches, and that was about it. Yeah. Uh, Cobb didn't do tons. Just in general, Packers offense was not that great overall looking. So I'm going to give the Vikings the benefit of the doubt that their defense can contain Rodgers. And that their offense can do just enough against a defense that's not fantastic. And they're going to come out with the victory. Uh, I'm going to go 20-13. to 13. Can I I'm going to give a, them a touchdown. Can I go on a slight rant here, Greg? Go for it. I understand that the ESPN power rankings are not a big deal. <laughs> I want to go ahead and preface my rant with that. I understand the ESPN power rankings are not a big deal. But in what universe, in what universe, Greg, are the Packers ranked number one in the ESPN power rankings? Not my universe, James. They, like, the biggest thing when you go into ESPN and you go into the NFL section is that the Packers jumped over the New England Patriots to claim the top spot. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that's about. The Packers were number six last week in the ESPN Power Rankings, and they're now somehow number one because they beat the Jaguars. Now I understand the Jaguars must be pretty good. I thought the Jaguars were going to be a sleeper team, but they, they barely be. beat the Jaguars. And the Patriots, without Tom Brady, without Rob Gronkowski, without Rob Ninkovich, went into Arizona on Monday on Sunday night prime time. And beat one of the best teams out there, and they're number two, but the Packers are number one? I, I don't disagree with you. The fact that the whole NFC East is above the Eagles, including the Redskins-Cowboys, who both lost, I, I, I don't understand how these rankings like work. The, the Packers could easily lose this game. If you want to know, you should be the top 16 teams. If you lost, you should be the bottom 17 and down. I just don't see how – I just don't see 
how the Green Bay Packers are the number one team. They're not. In, They're drinking in, the Kool-Aid. They all love Aaron Rodgers. They want to be with him. They all hate Olivia Munn. They're jealous. That has to be it, right? That's the only reason. That's the only reason. Stephen A. Smith ES- makes these rankings. ESPN gets so blinded sometimes by these players that they can just throw up on their that they get that get them clicks and page views. Yeah. So it's all about. It's Aaron Rodgers, and it's only Aaron Rodgers. It's always, always been Aaron Rodgers. Now, having said that, I'm probably going to pick the Packers here. Okay. Because <laughs> um, I just don't trust Sean Hill. It's going to be Sam Bradford. It, I don't think it's going to be Sam Bradford. I think it is. I don't trust him either. I went over that pretty extensively last week, I feel like. Um, you did. <laughs> so I'm going to pick the Packers here, but I just, like, ESPN, get it together. The Packers are not the best team in the league. I, I, if you watch that game, nothing about that should have convinced you that the Packers are the best team in the league. Nothing. Nothing. Except the Aaron Rodgers pass. Except the Aaron Rodgers pass. And that's, like, literally the only thing you could say about him is that just, like, hey, Aaron Rodgers can just, like, pull wins out of his ass. Yep. Um, all right, those are our picks this week. Uh, I like that. It felt good. It did. Uh, we're going to uh, go over them again next week. Uh, we have two more things we just want to cover quickly before we uh, sign off this week. Uh, but, you know, before we do that, we do every week we're trying to do a guest pick. Last week we had Cousin George, as we said, who went one-on-one. This week, you know, we decided to go uh, outside of just family members, and we uh, contacted a podcast, Parlor Pod- Podcast. You know, guys are great. Very, you know, back and forth with us on Twitter, which we love. Love talking to them about sports. We had Dave from the Pilot Pod podcast send in his guest pick of the week. So we're going to play that for you. If you want to, check him out. It's at Parlor Pod. Does a great Swamp Thing podcast. Love it. Comics, everything. It's really good to listen to. He has a partner named John, but, you know, Dave basically took the credit for being the football genius here. <laughs> so uh, here's uh, Dave's pick of the week from Parlor Pod. Hey there, Dave from Parlapod.com, where I host a Swamp Thing slash comic book podcast. I also have a fantasy football league that I commission that you can look up at SPMLeague.com. And thanks to the kind gents at the Sports Stance, I'm here to talk Dolphins at Patriots. Both teams had respectable showings on the road week one, with my Pats pulling off an upset. I think the Finns are improved in 2016, and it showed. Despite being sleepless in Seattle, they had no reason to cry in their pillows. It was a tough opponent. For the Pats, Jimmy G looked like a pro and poised for a payday in the desert, and I expect the same this time out. Miami won the weather roulette, traveling to Gillette, and have two offensive game changers in Jarvis Landry and Arian Foster. Well while he remains healthy. In New England, it seems like Edelman has a new BFF in Garoppolo as they didn't miss a beat going into week one. Plus, we can see the return of Gronk. I'm thinking this game's gonna boil down to the Ds. The Pats look more than capable versus Arizona, and Miami held the Seahawks to only 12 points. Which squad is gonna carry that momentum into week two? Last time out, I went all Benedict Arnold and my boys, and they responded with a swift Gostowski kick up my ass. So guess what? This week, I'm going homer. Parla pod pick. Pats get home, slurp down some chowder, and win the game 23-20. That's right, a field goal over the Finns. Here's some home fry fantasy advice. I do believe Martellus Bennett, yes, I know, he stunk up the joint in Arizona, but he will be a top five tight end in fantasy this week. Well, there you have it, ladies and joims. Thanks again to the Sports Stance for letting me come on and spout off. This is Dave from Parlapod.com, at Parlapod on Twitter, and my fantasy league, SPMLeague.com. Enjoy the games. I liked it. Yeah, I was, uh, I was impressive. Uh, he's got a really good voice. He's got a good radio voice. Uh, I, really, I really appreciate that. Pretty sure he could uh, take this job away from us if he wanted to. <laughs> I love the sleepless in Seattle line. I'll talk, to, I'll talk about comics. Yeah. <laughs> Want to switch? We'll, we'll, we'll switch roles. Yeah, it's exactly. Cool. Uh, he, hey, he, he did cover you, though. We didn't do the Pats pick. You didn't get to be a homer. I know. He did it for you. I did this specifically so I wouldn't come across as a homer um, uh, well, any more than I already have. Dave, Dave did it for you. Fantastic. So, yeah, you know, again, guys, check them out. Parlapod Podcast. You can find them on uh, Twitter, at Parlipod, P-A-R-L-I-P-O-D. I'm pretty sure I spelled that right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, thanks for that. We'll see how he does. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Uh, college football this week was pretty boring, Greg. I did not like any of these games. Uh, I told you there's going to be a bunch of blowouts, and guess who was right? Uh, you were, but you know what? I was right about one thing. I predicted my one Clemson upset stinks. of the week. Oh, what? Go ahead. No. <laughs> I picked up, before the game started, I said upset pick of the week, Central Michigan over Oklahoma State. You didn't and guess what? I did. Uh, you can go on down my Twitter line and check it out. Timestamp it. 
I was right. Picked it before the game started. What happened? Hail Mary. That was a great play. Full of Chippewas. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I was correct, so I look like a genius. Um, there's a couple of really good games that are happening this week, though, and I'm excited for this that. This week is stacked. Um, so just a, a couple, just to uh, throw out a couple right now. Uh, Clemson versus South Carolina State. I love South Carolina matchups. Uh, big, big <laughs> South Carolina fan. Shout out to Dirty Myrtle Beach. What up? My brother was uh, actually there this weekend. I love it. Very he, cool. He did a Mario Kart go-kart racing. I love South Carolina. Big South Carolina guy. So Clemson, South Carolina State, that's a good matchup. Clemson should actually blow them out, maybe show people that they're actually the number two ranked team. Florida State versus Louisville. I love this. It's going to be a great game. 12 p.m., ABC, baby. Check it out. College um, game day, first time in Louisville. I think Florida State's for real, man. That last game that they played was pretty phenomenal. Um, and Louisville uh, is showing us something in the top ten. That's very nice. Yeah, I like that uh, a lot. Jackson for their team, the quarterback. He's averaging uh, six and a half touchdowns per game. He's 13 right now. Yeah. He's In two games, he's gotten over 1,000 yards himself. I love Which that. is it's nuts. This one should not be all that uh, all that close, but Alabama Ole Miss is worth watching at three thirty. Hey, Ole Miss could pull an upset. You never know. I always like when the teams in the top twenty five play each other. I'm tired of these. Not, I'm tired of like like Michigan versus Colorado. Like get together, Michigan, play a real opponent. Yeah, Michigan, uh, Michigan, Mike. Could you talk to Harbaugh? You Do you have that connection? A, you haven't played a real opponent. Can we yet. get him on the podcast and ask him about picking boogers? Exactly. Um, and then my favorite game, I think, uh, there's two more games that I really like. But my favorite game of the weekend, I think, is going to be Michigan State Notre Dame. Uh, 7:30 p.m. It's on NBC. Um, Notre Dame is somehow favored by seven and a half points, even though Michigan's the number 12 team in the country and Notre Dame's number 18. So. Yeah, there's a reason for that. Michigan doesn't really have a good offense. Their defense is kind of the thing this year. But they lost a lot of starters to the past year. There's so. no way that's, that Notre Dame is 7.5 favorites here. Uh, it is because they have God on their side. I'm not even going to respond to that. Um, and then uh, I think the second best game of the weekend – oh, actually, the best game of the weekend I think is going to end up being um, Florida State versus Louisville. But um, the second best game of the weekend I think is going to be uh, – or third – Ohio State versus Oklahoma. I think this yeah. is going to be a cool game. That's like the game everybody's looking at if you're a big college football fan just yeah. because of the storied programs. And just because Oklahoma has uh, dropped off so significantly from their top five ranking. Yeah. Um, now they're number 14. But Ohio State versus Oklahoma, that's a, a big, big game. It's a big game. In Oklahoma. Yeah, it's a big game for Oklahoma specifically, not even just for them, for the Big 12 as a whole. Yeah. For this college football playoff system, you need teams to actually do well in your conference to have a chance to be considered. Oklahoma, if they lose, will have two losses basically out of the college football playoffs picture. But the Big 12 then only has like Baylor, Texas, and again, I even tried figuring it out before the podcast. I just completely forgot who it is, who the third team is that's undefeated. But it's probably not that significant because they're probably not going to stay undefeated. Uh, but that would basically be the Big 12's whole hopes and dreams going out the window. Whereas the Big 10 would have Michigan, Michigan State potentially still as teams that could rebound. Ohio State could even be in it. It'd be their first loss, so really big matchup not only for Oklahoma but their conference as a whole. Gotcha. Because um, I know you're a big college football guy, James. Big, big college football guy. All right, Greg, what time we got? Uh, we got time. We got like 10, 10 minutes before we hit an hour. Okay, uh, let's just quickly go into MLB. I don't want to spend too much time on this again because we went along. We went along with football. Um, it's, gonna, it's what's going to happen this year. Yeah, you guys can go ahead and I'm just going to go ahead and record that, <laughs> and then we'll just put that in. <laughs> yeah, and save some that's time. just going to be a loop. Um, So the only division that's worth talking about right now, at least in terms of pennant races, is the AL East. Uh, The the Red Sox have a two-game lead over the uh, Blue Jays, Orioles, and then a four-game lead over the Yankees. Uh, It looks like uh, the Red Sox, you know, we we played the Orioles last night and lost, but uh, it looks like the Red Sox, you know, as long as... You know, things go well, uh, are probably going to win this thing. The Red Sox have pretty significantly underachieved when you look at the runs scored versus runs allowed, yeah. um, which is pretty amazing. They should be closer to, like, a 90-win team right now, and they're at 81 That's what wins. happens when you win games, though, like 20-1 to 1 more often than not. Yeah, it happens, man. Um, but that's going to be an interesting race going forward. The yeah. rest of the divisions are pretty much locked up at this point. I mean, would, the NL West mean, is probably the only other one that's close. Yeah, so you've got the Central. The Indians look like they're pretty comfortably going to win there. The Rangers are pretty going to comfortably win there. Um, RIP to the Astros. Um, the Nationals are going to win the East, uh, the NL East. Cubs still crushing it in the NL Central. I thought the Cubs aren't close. I, th- I thought it was like a... Yeah, well. Is it like 16 and a half games or what is it? I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, it's And a, then the Dodgers, the Dodgers have a four-game lead over the Giants. Um, but the I real, did not realize it got that big. 
The real fun is going to be the wild card. So um, the Blue Jays and Orioles are both tied for wild card spots in the East, mm-hmm. uh, in the American League, uh, with Detroit and New York within two games there, and even Seattle uh, within two and a half games. So that's we got like a five team race. You come down right to the now. final week of the year. There could legitimately be three AL East teams in the playoffs. I know that we said it last week, yeah. but it's getting more and more real, which is pretty crazy. That's pretty unprecedented. It's going to be, uh, I think, probably coming down to Baltimore, Toronto. I don't think Detroit has enough pitching yeah. to stay in the race, and I feel like the Yankees have to drop off at some point. Uh, almost more fun than that is the Giants, Mets, and Cardinals three-team race for the NL wild card. Um, they're all within a half game of each other. It's pretty cool. The Giants and Mets are both tied at 77 wins, and the Cardinals have 76. Um, so the the Giants are literally only a half game up in the wild card, and the, the Cardinals are only a half game behind. This is a really exciting race. It's going to come down to the final uh, few weeks, which I am pumped to watch a little NL uh, baseball happening. Again, I really just want the Cardinals to fall on their face. I just yeah. don't know what it is, James. I don't get that. I just, I just don't like them. Last thing that we want to cover real quick is, uh, what do you think about the Rich Hill thing, man? Uh, I just I don't even know how... To, I understand the reasoning to do it. So, if you weren't following baseball because you know you're not a baseball guy like we are. <laughs> baseball uh, guys. The Cubs last week, Rich Hill had a perfect game going through seven innings. And Joe Madden decided to take him out after 89 pitches only thrown. So, you know, it got a lot of backlash just because, you know, who takes a guy out with a perfect game? The Cubs actually almost had a no-hitter last night. That got broken up in the ninth. But, you know, the whole Rich Hill thing, it's like, okay, it's happened 21 times in MLB history. How are you going to do this to somebody who's had such a up-and-down career year before Rich Hill wasn't even in MLB? Yeah. He was on some, like, random independent team. Having a great year was, like, the hottest trade commodity at the deadline this year for pitchers. Yeah. And Joe Madden takes him out after 89 pitches. And it's one of those things that the baseball, like... It wasn't Joe Madden. It was... Uh, yeah, it was Joe Madden. No, no, Rich Hill's on the Dodgers. No, he's on the Cubs, I thought. Rich Hill is on oh, the... Oh, it's Dave Roberts, yeah. Dave Roberts, yeah. I got the Cubs in my head because of the no-hitter last night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow, that was bad. Yeah, no worries. So Dave Roberts took him out, and it makes sense, as much as it pains me to say, he's a rental. Yeah. You, need, you got him for the playoffs purposely. That's it. You need him to do his job. He did his job. Let the closers come in, finish it out. He's also one of those guys, arm issues-wise, you don't want anything to just happen right before. So Dave Roberts of the Dodgers, not Joe yeah. Madden of the Cubs, yeah, the reason, made the right call, I think. The reason why we're not actual baseball guys and we just, like, play baseball guys is because uh, we both think that he made the right move here. I think this is the right move. I think that you don't sacrifice uh, playoff no. contention. Uh, just to get this guy a, a no-hitter or a perfect game. Perfect game, yeah. Um, you know, I, I understand that it's cool to have a perfect game on your resume. The odds of it happening, even with only two innings left, still pretty small. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how many times have we seen this? Like, what is the, what's the best-case scenario? The guy wins a perfect game, and what does that do for your season? It, tell, it says, like, you had one perfect game. But no, like, it's just it's just marked out as a what's, win. What's the worst-case scenario? He loses the perfect game, and he still gets a blister on his thing, and he can't really, like, you know, uh, contribute to the playoff. Nobody wants to get a blister on their thing, James. Get a blister on your thing. So, I don't know. I think they'd made the right move here, too. I think, this is a, you know, baseball guys are going to freak out about this. But, you know, it, it is what it is. You're trying, to win, you're trying to win a championship. You're not trying to win a perfect game. It was earlier in the season. Go for it. It's, yeah. it's September. You, you need to protect your pitcher's arms at this point. You're not going to see many complete games unless it's out of a team that's not in contention. If you did this and it was, like, the last place uh, – I don't even know, Brewers. If yeah. it was like somebody like the Brewers, then, yeah, I can see the uproar. When it's your first place team, making sure they cement themselves at the top and have their rotation set. get over set. it. Get over it. Yeah. Plain and simple. Just cool, talking man. baseball. All right, guys. Um, no start bench cut for us this week. We ran a little long on football, as always, but we're probably going to try to get back into that a little bit more. Um, we got a couple new segments, and I think that people are going to like that. Yeah, I liked them. If you have a candidate for jury's in, jury's out, uh, or most impressed, least impressed, uh, yeah. show us on Facebook. Maybe, maybe we'll open it up to the, the masses. I like that very much. Like us on Facebook. Um, share us on Twitter. Go leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It's uh, super helpful. But anything uh, if you want to... Cover anything before we uh, bring it on uh, bring it on down in? I just Greg. want to talk tennis for like two seconds. Serena Williams is no, no longer the number one player in the world for women's. That's pretty crazy. That's Actually, pretty crazy uh, to me. That kind of flew under the radar for me. Yeah. She's not number one. Djokovic didn't win the U.S. Open. It was like two random other people. Tennis is a free-for-all. Yeah. It's chaos out there. Uh, chaos on the court. I think it was in. Good call. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's all right, guys. Tennis. From all of us here at the Sports <laughs> Dance, from the entire team here, from the producers, from the writers, from the directors, from the creative people, from the uh, from the snack folks. Thank you so much. I mean, cousin George sleeping on the couch. Exactly. Uh, pasta bolognese, guys. Come on. It's it's ten o'clock in the morning. We don't need that right now. Um, but I love it still. Um, from everyone here, really appreciate it. Uh, and we'll see you guys next week. See you guys.